Oh, Chira, you come again with all these your problems. You never listen to me. Hmm. Maybe not listening to you is why my life is actually full of problems. If only there was a way to listen to Anu advice and Chidera problems all the time. Oh, wait. Hey, hey guys. guys. Welcome to the Care Pack. I'm Anu, the talkative. And I'm Chidera, the creative. And we're your hosts. Now, it's time to unpack the Care Package. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Care Package. It's episode 29. And yeah, so we have two really special guests for you guys today. Um, because the topic that we're talking about today, they know more than us. So Chira and I, as you guys are learning, Chira and I are also learning. So obviously, when we were planning the episode, we were like, what is going on at the moment? And obviously, it's been a lot of stocks, you know, the GameStop thing. Cryptocurrency has been everywhere so we're like okay let's get some experts in the game to let you guys know what is up so i'll let them introduce themselves you guys are showing here and today i'm going to be talking about personal finance and investing um hey guys i'm farouk and i'm going to be talking about investing trading and stocks hey so the first like question is so how do you get into it so like what platforms can you use and stuff uh well firstly i think that three main three major things you need firstly you need the money that you need not just an emergency fund but you need money you're actually willing to risk so you need to be prepared to actually lose that money and then secondly obviously you need the knowledge and thirdly you need a broker like you said a platform and this isn't actually hard to find nowadays it's not like the olden days where you have to go to a bank Mm. and you have to fill out large paperwork like if you search on your phone and on the app store, investing apps, there'll be several different options you can choose from. And it's as simple as just downloading one of those apps. And which ones do you guys recommend? Um, I personally use Trading 2 and 2. So they're based in the UK. Um, they used to offer cryptocurrencies, but they don't right now. Um, but you can buy stocks, you can do Forex, um, you can do basically anything else apart from options trading. But yeah, I would recommend trading two and two. And there, there are lots of them, like Sean said. Okay, so my question is, what is like, I don't know, is there like a good, what would you guys say is a good amount to like, you know, put into it, like stuff? Yeah, I was going to ask that as well, because majority of our audience is like, you know, people that are our age, maybe a little bit older. So like Sean said, one of the first things that you have to have is the money, money that you're willing to be able to part with. So how much would you guys say is you know, a substantial amount, but will not break the bank, for example. I, I know it I depends mean, on your savings, but what yeah. would you... I mean, it's subjective at the end of the day, but I think the sweet spot would be about a thousand pounds. Okay, guys. thousand pounds. It's not a joke. <laughs> Honestly, it's not a joke. Um, I mean, I have, I take like a kind of different approach. I'd like to think of it relative to the amount you have. So I personally, I always have about 50 to 60% of my savings in stocks and the rest in cash for like, the different things I need but you know if you make 10% on a stock then you're going to enjoy it more if you have like a thousand pounds invested as opposed to if you have you know 50 pounds so mm-hmm. yeah you have to leverage the amount you're willing to risk okay so guys you know the one thing I'm sure it's been on your TLs on your Instagram GameStop Robin Hood that whole now what is all that that's just you know. me and Anu do not have the knowledge to give you guys the tea on that so do, could you guys like explain the whole situation situation what exactly happened robin hood is essentially um a trading broker so it's just like trading two and two and stuff so it allows you buy stocks buy options buy different things and essentially there's this company called gamestop 
it's a brick and mortar store, meaning they have no online stores. So you just walk in, buy games and stuff like that. Um, their finances were taking a hit because of COVID-19. And obviously, you know, people didn't have money to buy games. People couldn't, you know, go into stores because they were closed. And so naturally, the stock price started dipping. Um, a lot of Wall Street, well, not Wall Street, but a lot of hedge funds um, tapped into that and started doing what's called shorting a stock. Normally, when people buy stock, they buy stocks with the anticipation of the price going up so that they can sell like at a future date uh, at a higher price and make the profit. Mm -hmm. So if you short a stock, you're essentially doing the opposite. So you think the stock's value is going to fall. And um, I don't want to get into like the technical details because like the explanation is just kind of long. But essentially yeah. you're, you're, um, you're expecting the value of the stock to fall. So um, you're going to make money if it falls. And so a lot of hedge funds and hedge funds are basically big investment vehicles where essentially rich people invest through them a lot of hedge funds were shorting the stock because they thought the stock was going to fall, right? Yeah, so as Farouk said, they shorted the share. So usually what people do is they do a long position. What most people do is a long position, meaning you buy a stock, hoping that in the near future it will rise in value. But when you short a share, you're hoping for the opposite. So you're hoping it's declining in value. So for example, let's say I wanted to short shares in company XYZ and one share price was about $10. What I would do is I would borrow shares from Farouk, for example. I'd borrow one share from him and sell it to Chidera at that, at that £10 or $10, whatever the share price is at the moment. So I'd sell it and then I'd get that £10. But remember, I, I I don't actually own the stock. I borrowed it from Farouk. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to hope that in the near future that £10 reduces, the share price reduces to about £5. And then I can actually buy it for £5 and give um, Farouk back his share that I owed him. So yeah. I've actually made a profit of about £5. And that's essentially what shorting a share is. Yeah. So these Wall Street um, people found out that, or they realised that obviously, um, GameStop was declining in value and they decided to short the share. But the issue then became something happened known as a short squeeze, which is when there are a lot of people shorting the share, which actually leads to it increasing in value because the supply is limited. People are buying a lot and a lot of these shares. And it actually started off with a Reddit forum known called Wall Street Bets. And these like retail investors, small investors realized that this company has been shorted so much and they almost wanted to get back at, you know, capitalism by um, messing up the hedge funds. So that they decided to buy as many GameStop shares as possible to try and reduce the supply, try and limit the supply. Yeah. And obviously this led to more people buying um, GameStop shares, which increased the demand and decreased the supply, leading to the share, the GameStop share price actually increasing in value. And obviously when you're sh shorting the share, the, the amount you can lose is infinite because if, on the other hand, if you're actually doing a long position, which is what regular people do. So for example, if I was to buy a share in Apple and I was hoping that it would increase, if I was to spend like £10, I, I would only lose £10. But when you're shorting it, it depends on how much it actually goes up. So if it goes up, you, you can actually lose as much as possible. Basically, you can lose an infinite amount. And that's essentially what happened, the short squeeze, where the GameStop price went up and obviously it affected the hedge funds. Like the Wall Street bet guys wanted to buy long on GameStop to, to, like, to stop the hedge funds from taking more short positions. Because um, like Joan said, if you want to take a short position, you have to essentially buy the stock first. And so they limited the supply that raised the price. But another important thing is, is that um, right now there are more short positions than outstanding yeah, shares. Yeah. And so that's, that's the big problem right now. That's why the price keeps going up because nobody, nobody's willing to sell, right? The, the hedge funds can't sell because, um, you know, they don't want to cut the, they want to cut the losses, but like the, the, the price is just too high. No one's buying, right? And 
everyone, all those Wall Street guys, all the Reddit guys have already, um, you know, bought up the volume. And they're, not, they're holding out to like, it's about $1,000 before they sell. And so like the price just keeps going up and going up and theoretically could like, you know, keep going up. But like, yeah, it's, it just shows how the stock market is really disconnected from, you know, actual economics in the sense that GameStop is not worth, you know, whatever the market cap is, it's not worth that kind of money. It's not a Fortune 500 company, but still like, you know, outside, outside investors can influence what happens you know, a company and it just shows like the power dynamic between everybody else and the management of a business. And I just find it quite interesting. Yeah. Like I'm just uh, did you guys manage to get any GameStop stock before everything scattered? Uh well I knew about it but I didn't invest in GameStop. I actually invested in AMC. I knew about GameStop because the guy that predicted the two thousand eight financial crisis, his name is Michael Burry, he went long GameStop in two thousand and August 2020. And so that guy's probably made like, you know, 10,000% now. But yeah, I didn't buy the stock because, you know, with all of this, I just, I see more as gambling as opposed to mm-hmm. investing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just against, you know, my principles. Yeah. And the, I know, because I saw a lot about the platform Robinhood. I think, did they stop people from buying GameStop mm-hmm. shares or what happened there? So I think there's like a conspiracy that the, the hedge fund guys, stopped people from stopped robin hood from allowing people to buy shares through robin hood because you know as you know if people keep buying shares the price goes up and then it makes it more expensive for the hedge funds to leave so yeah um robin hood i think discontinued people from buying um gamestop shares for a while but i, I don't know the situation right now to be fair i mean yeah, well, one, of the, one of the major hedge fund funds are heavily invested in gamestop in robin hood driver so obviously there's this theory that that was one of the reasons why GameStop um Robinhood restricted people buying AMC shares. Do you guys believe in that conspiracy? What do you think? Well, yeah, because the only time um a broker is, is to is to stop people from buying shares is when the SEC gets involved for like fraudulent yeah. reasons or inaccurate reasons. But that was not present. Like AMC, there was no reason to believe um GameStop or AMC did anything fraudulent so obviously there's there's some controversy behind it yeah, but Robin Hood's response to it was that they were trying to manipulation protect their investors <laughs> no i was just saying apart from in fact before the whole gamestop fiasco people are talking about investing in lots right now like even before that happened especially in crypto currency um i did not even know that there were different types of cryptocurrency until like recently because i'd only ever heard of bitcoin i'm sure most people yeah. have heard of bitcoin i mean that's like the most popular one mm-hmm. but i first of all what exactly is cryptocurrency and how come they're like different types like what, what is that so a cryptocurrency is basically what's called a distributed ledger and in simple terms it just means a collection of ious right so a Bitcoin is just essentially an IOU to another person, right? But it derives its value from the fact that people place trust in its value. So it's kind of like paper money. The only reason why we believe $100 is worth $100, like the note, is because like, you know, the government says it's $100. So it's like fiat money, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So Bitcoin is built on top... So, Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are built on top of a system called blockchain. And blockchain is essentially, it's, it's, um, it's a system infrastructure where security is built in. So, um, you know, it's, it's kind of difficult to explain without using the technical term. Technical but, terms. 
Yeah. I think that gets it. Yeah, but it just makes it easy for, you know, people to track transactions and people to verify transactions as well. So, yeah, that's that's the attractiveness of cryptocurrencies. The different crypto cri- cryptocurrencies cuz like people use them for different reasons. So Bitcoin, you know, can be used for for multiple types of transactions. Ethereum, you know, Ethereum has like its own blockchain. So, you know, it, you can use it to store data, store different things. And yeah, there there're lots of them. I think there're thousands of them. Yeah. So, why how come it suddenly became like why are people suddenly all talking about it now? Mm-hmm. Cuz obviously Bitcoin has been around for the past few years. At least I know I heard about it years ago, but why is it now suddenly why is everybody talking about it one one major reason why at least in my opinion of why it's so like popular is because of the volatility like cryptocurrencies are very volatile for example dogecoin went up 400% in 24 hours so obviously people see that and they see it as an opportunity to make a lot of money in a short amount of time and majority of the people investing in cryptocurrency now in my opinion at least are people who are just trying to you know get with the hype and not necessarily they don't necessarily know much about cryptocurrency and about blockchains they just see it as a way to you know fear of missing out type of thing and mm-hmm. that's why just a spiral i i think it's a bubble and it's similar to what happened with the 2008 financial crash where it was just based on you know like the price just keep rising and rising till eventually it pops but like i said that's my opinion i may be wrong i mean i may not be so based on what you're saying are you saying now is like are you discouraging people from buying into no, it i'm not discouraging anyone like like i said um it may be it's it's just how i feel about it but at the end of the day i may be wrong but i would definitely say that's one reason why it's going up like it's so pop- popular because of the volatility around it and because a lot of people have the fear of missing out so there's an increase in demand for it and generally mm-hmm. when there's an increase in demand the value will go up yeah and i think is that also related because i know i heard that or oh, maybe like elon elon musk tweeted btc today or he put something in his bio and then suddenly the price went up or he said yeah, this or yeah, like this and suddenly he, he put dogecoin in his in his bio yeah and, and then suddenly the price originally so there's a lot of like um speculation around it and just not necessarily real value there's not real worth around it like Bert said you can't you can't really the, the value isn't really determined by anything with cryptocurrency and that's why it's so volatile and risky because what really drives the the price about around it is just the speculation people talking about it rather than the supply and demand of it um can i just add that to be fair i do have like some reservations about buying crypto at this point because i see a lot of hype and you know about stuff like you know ripple and stuff cuz you know like shown said it's extremely volatile but not all not all cryptocurrencies are built the same so for example bitcoin is a bit more stable actually a lot more stable than you know stuff like ripple or dogecoin or whatever you know so if i think if you're buying cryptocurrencies and i think if you're not trading algorithmic algorithmic algorithmically then you should probably stick to like the stable ones such as ethereum and bitcoin i actually have a question so i think that these things called um miners so i don't know if i'm right like they used to mine bitcoin and stuff mm. those work mm. so um that's based on the blockchain infrastructure so 
in order to mine a Bitcoin, you basically have to add um, a block to the blockchain. But when you add the block to the blockchain, at the same time, you have to calculate the hash value for every single block in the blockchain through a system called proof of work. And I know it probably doesn't make any sense what I'm saying, but like you need a lot of computational power to um, verify every single block in the blockchain. And that's the only way you can add that block successfully. And so it's like, it's like having the ability to add a $100 bill to your salary but in order to do that, you have to verify something for like, you know, thousands of other people. So it's kind of like a proof of work okay. in the sense that if you're able to do that, then, you know, it's like legit, you know, you have the computing resources. So that's kind of how it works. Not exactly, though. Well, OK, yeah. guys. So you guys know me and Anu's opinions on Forex. <laughs> do they know? Do they know? Our, well, yeah, they, the guys that listen know our opinions. Um, just for Forex, Chira and I, I mean, obviously, we don't know that much about this because we're not really into I mean, I feel like it just seems against this, but just against the recruiters. (laughs) That's it. Like, what do you guys think about forex trading? Is it should it does it deserve the bad name that it gets? No, there's there's a big misconception around forex trading. Essentially, forex means foreign exchange, and it's just like trading currencies. But the what the issue now is that there are two types of forex people that the affiliate marketer affiliate marketers and the people that actually trade forex the people that have given it a bad name are the affiliate marketers because they are not necessarily trading they're just trying to get as many people as possible and another thing you need to know about forex is that it's extremely risky like you need to be skilled it does take a lot of time and patience and there's a very high risk so what tends to happen is that people lose a lot of money in it people aren't patient with it and think it's some sort of a get rich scheme and once they've lost like you know hundreds of thousands of pounds they give it a bad reputation they give it a bad name but in reality forex is actually very real and it can earn you a lot like i do know a lot of people who do forex trading yeah my question is if forex trading is so like you know where you are you know you said it's risky but if it's because a lot of questions always come about how like amazing it is and you just need to get into it and like all of us are not into it like you know we're sleeping and all of that and i just think yeah. if something is so good why are they so eager to like you know the affiliate marketers like why are they so eager to get more people doing this like why do they yeah, need yeah, more people? why can't they just hold all the money to themselves like what's that that's, what, that's that's how they get paid kind of because yeah. the more people they draw in like the more the commission and stuff and there are actually two scams in forex right two popular scams the first is someone that trades forex right the guy does it consistently and everything he gets people to trade forex with him and then these people give him money on their behalf to trade and then all of a sudden the person disappears so that's like the first scam the second scam is kind of like not really a scam but the whole affiliate marketing thing is it's like a pyramid scheme in a sense because you know these people have no incentive to actually make you money the only incentive is to draw you in and so that's kind of how it plays out and that's i, th- I think that's where the bad name comes from because like Shun said there's actually a real you know industry there there's a real it's, it's really easy it's not easy to do but like it's easy to understand like you buy a currency you sell it at a higher price or at a lower price or whatever like it's, it's like it's a, it's a normal market like any other market it's just extremely volatile and the fact that you can't really um make money with forex without um using leverage so leverage is essentially when you borrow money from a broker to to make your position bigger so for example if i open a position worth a hundred pounds and it only changes by one percent so that means i've either lost or gained one pound which is not a lot right but if i open a position worth a hundred pounds and my broker is giving me um leverage worth one to a hundred which means for every one pound I bring, um, the broker gives me a hundred pounds. So suddenly I have, you know, is it 10,000 pounds to trade with? So that 1% changes from one pound 
to let's say a hundred pounds or so. So that's where like the that's that's why it's lucrative because brokers offer like a lot of leverage because you pay interest on the leverage, obviously. But yeah, so that, that's just kind of like some of, um some about the mechanics of of forex. So Sean, I know you said there's high risk. So is there high reward? Of course, like with anything, high risk does equal high reward. Like I I can't really speak from experience because I don't trade forex. But what what if you are trying to get into forex, it will take time because you do need a lot of skill you do need a lot of patience you do need a lot of knowledge and you know experience guys we've spoken about forex spoken about bitcoin so let's talk about managing money we all know everybody on this podcast even both of us we like to live good lives we like enjoyment but enjoyment is expensive so can you guys give us and the people listening tips for handling our money and saving and stuff when i when i get this is quite this is a question i get asked quite often and my answer always is the 50 30 20 rule because generally there are three things we tend to spend our money on our needs our wants and saving our investments and if you can split it among if you can find a way to split it those those three expenses those three ways then you'll be set because what people tend to do is they split half of their income, so 50% of their income on their needs, and then 30% on their wants, and then they save and invest 20%. Mm-hmm. And if you can find a way to do that, then you'll have a lot of clarity and transparency with your money. Um, I totally agree with um, what Sean said. I personally don't do that because I tend to blur the lines between my needs and wants. I know that's like a very bad habit, but I end up just investing 50% or 60% of my income or savings and then just using the rest. But yeah, I think um, I think it's a very good um, rule of thumb, the mm-hmm. 50, 30, 20. And then, so could you guys please like tell us the importance of having like multiple incomes? I mean, as we saw last year, coronavirus happened. No one expected it. That's one major reason why you need uh, major sources of income because you need that financial security. You need to be financially secure, knowing that if you lose your job today, you'll still be able to provide for yourself and for your family. And then obviously you've probably heard of the saying that you need money to make money. So if you're trying to build your wealth fast, you do need multiple sources of income. Mm. And then obviously that's safety as well. So apart from the regular nine to five or, you know, job that you would do regularly, what yeah. other ways, like to the people listening, can they, you know, apart from obviously investing is one, as we've talked about a lot on this episode, but how else would you recommend that people... Um, find, find your purpose. That's that's the best thing you can do for yourself. What? <laughs> What, 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 what. okay and obviously lastly okay so i'm sure most of you on this podcast and even us here we've heard about the famous nigerian is it nigerian prince i can't remember yeah nigerian prince. do people even fall for this kind of scams anymore they do, they they do. You'll, be, you'll be shocked you'll be shocked <laughs> we, we um there's another one that pyramid scheme was it the loom Yes, that one. Oh, yeah, I remember that as well. Oh, my God. Do you guys know any other scams that, you know, you can warn us or warn the people to know? Or just generally red flags, like, you know, because with the emails, like, you know, if you see Nigerian prints nowadays, most people know to run, but there are some emails that look very, like, if someone like Royal Mail will message you and they'll say, oh, you forgot your package or you missed your parcel, type your details into this. What kind of red flags should people look at for? And also, have you guys ever been scammed before? If you want to give us a story time. Uh, so I took a cybersecurity course last summer and I learned like so many ways hackers scam nowadays. And it's like, it's extremely surprising because, you know, they seem extremely obvious, but like, a, a large number of people fall for them. So for example, if you receive an email from 
um, let's say Uber, and you keep getting the same email, keep getting the same email, you might want to unsubscribe, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're using Google Mail or whatever, you should unsubscribe from the platform directly because if you click any of the unsubscribe links, they may be malicious. And that's called like um, social hacking. So it's, it's called social, social engineering. So it's not necessarily hacking you, you know, through asking you for your password or whatever. It's kind of taking advantage of behavioral norms in order to like exploit you. And I think that's like the most popular way of, of exploiting people right now. So I would, you know, be very wary of that, especially at this time. The way that a lot of people lose money nowadays is online through shopping online. So maybe Depop or eBay, always pay through PayPal. Depop is notorious. <laughs> always pay through PayPal, you guys. That is wisdom. Not just PayPal, PayPal goods and services. Yeah, don't do friends and family. Okay, guys, so we're going to play a little game. Yeah, so we didn't prepare you guys for this. It's basically, it's just quickly before we round up, just a few questions. It's just trivia, you know, lights, mm. just to... Uh, <laughs> it's light work. It's light work. It's, it's light. It's literally light. Okay, so first question, easy. Who's the richest man in the world currently? Elon Musk. Is it Elon Musk? Yeah. Or- yeah. I heard that, yeah, I heard that it recently became him. How did that happen? It's Musk now. Um, Tesla yeah. shares went through the roof and he's heavily invested in Tesla, so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. What is the strongest currency in the world? Kuwaitian dinar. Oh, poor. That's correct. That's correct. Um, okay. Who is commonly considered as the father of economics? Adam Smith. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? Yes. Okay. What is currently the approximate price of Bitcoin? Don't know that to be fair. I don't know that. Okay. But I would I guess think... like thirty-five k dollars. When I checked today, it was about thirty-two thousand five hundred ish. So yeah, very volatile yeah. as they said earlier. So I guess it's always changing. Um, okay, and the last question. This is everybody is Nigerian here. Five hundred naira notes. Silence. <laughs> I know I'm wrong. Is it Namdia Zikiri? That's correct, actually. Oh, yes. I thought I thought I thought that was on the one thousand naira note. I don't even know who's on the one. No, they are two guys. It's um, there's, yeah, there's two the names, but they're two guys. Okay, guys. Well, that is all we have for you guys today on this episode of Care Package. We hope you have learned something. Shine your eye when you're doing all this online everything. Yeah, it's just um, Sean Monday. So that's S E U N space W I N D YouTube and TikTok. You guys see how much wisdom he has dropped for you today. So I don't know why you should hesitate to subscribe, follow. So you can be in the know. And Farouk, I don't know if you have anything you want to plug. But <laughs> I mean, it's a shameless plug, but um, I'm, I'm starting a business very soon. It's called the Fibonacci Group. Um, it's basically an investment vehicle for young people. And we're not, you know, fully functional right now. But I'm just trying to get the name out there. So yeah, yeah. So maybe you guys should follow him on Instagram. Yeah, so you know when, whenever it's functional. So Farouk, if you want to give them. Oh, uh, my Instagram is Farouk and Umar. Okay. Yeah, and whenever it becomes functional, we will also on our Instagram care package. We'll also let you guys know. So yeah. Thank you guys again for being on. Follow us on Instagram at Care Package Pod and put our post notifications on. Okay, guys, that's all we have for you. Bye. Bye. This package has been signed, sealed, and delivered. Thank you.